You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called Overwork versus Productivity. I'd like to talk to you today about how overwork impacts your productivity and how to flip the switch so that you can enjoy high productivity and balance and maintain your sense of well-being. Let's start by talking about what overwork is. What is it? Well, it might seem obvious, but let's dig in a little bit. A lot of people seem to have the belief that they must work hard to succeed. Does that sound familiar to you? In some ways, you could say it's correct, but I really want to split the hair here and say, let's separate working hard from overwork. When you hear the phrase working hard, what comes to mind? What does it mean to you? Does it mean working to produce an outcome? Or does it mean working long hours or to the point of exhaustion? Our ability to work with balance starts by looking at what we make things mean. In other words, the meanings that we assign to words and phrases. To me, working hard means staying focused on a task, giving it my sole attention and finishing it in the allocated time. I define working hard as focused work that has an outcome of positive, empowered productivity without burnout. It is punctuated by dates, boundaries around a finishing time, a step-by-step plan, and that plan being mapped out in advance. So for me, if that means what working hard and productivity is about, then overwork is the opposite of that. To me, overwork means spending long hours on a task and driving yourself to do it with insufficient breaks and with diminishing returns. To me, a hallmark of overwork is long hours without much to show for it, busy work. It's, in other words, inefficient work and ineffective work. We know that productivity and focus declines after a certain number of minutes, normally around 45, I believe. So if you don't take breaks, if you work longer than that, you could say it's like working softer being less efficient and less productive. Another point is, just building what I've said, is that overwork doesn't necessarily mean high quality and it may not even mean high output. It could mean the opposite. It could mean a low to moderate volume of work and not so good quality. That's because if you think about it, very few people who work long hours for long periods are able to generate high quality work, or if they do, it comes at a physical or an emotional cost. So then what is productivity? I've kind of talked a bit about it, but I would define it as the art of working in a focused way to produce tangible, valuable outcomes and results. So to be clear, it's not about the number of hours you spend, It's about the value of those hours. It's about the quality of focus and the results that you create. Here are some hallmarks of productivity, in my opinion. I think a big one is the fact that you feel good when you are working hard and productively and like you have accomplished something. Another hallmark of productivity is that tangible output. You've completed something. There is something valuable to show for your efforts. A simple way to sum up this discussion is that productivity is about quality, not quantity, whereas overwork tends to be more about quantity and not quality. 
So you may be thinking, okay, sure, it'd be great to be productive and overwork's not such a good thing and, you know, maybe you're thinking about change but not really buying into it or not really sure about the impact of working in either way. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the problem with overwork and I'm speaking from an organisational level, I suppose, having worked in many organisations. I've seen problems with overwork for both individuals and the companies. If you don't do anything, if nothing changes, if you continue to overwork at an individual level, it leads to excessive stress. And when someone becomes stressed, their behaviour changes. People who are stressed are more prone to be emotionally imbalanced and reactive toward other people and situations. They feel negative emotions more often, such as irrationality, frustration, irritation and resentfulness. They're more likely to take things personally. They're more likely to catastrophize things or amplify problems. They can experience thinking patterns of rumination and worry as a result. And since the human brain can't multitask, it makes sense that with all of the things going on in your brain through the act of overworking, you have very little space left for productive work or for anything else in your life. So imagine the impact of this if you're not just an individual working, but if you are running a solo business where everything's up to you. It means that you're left feeling flustered, lost, not getting anything done and doubting yourself. What about the impact of that person within a team or an organisation? If the overworking person is a manager, and I have worked with these, I'm sure you have too, then their team tends to be walking on eggshells all the time to appease the boss and to avoid getting sprayed with hassle. The team may feel pressured to work long hours as well. They may lose confidence in themselves. Everyone in the team feels stressed as a result of the manager being an overworker. And if the overworking person is an employee, and I've also worked with these, you may have as well, they may may feel like they're entitled to more money, better conditions or elevated status or that they're destined for a better job. But remember that overwork usually means poor quality output, possibly a lower volume of output. So the person who overworks may not be as good as they seem to be. The overworking employee might become a prickly person who's hard to connect with and hard to interact with, or they may become withdrawn or morose. I can't see how any of these outcomes is favorable for teams or for client relationships. So with that in mind, what leads to overwork or to productivity? Well, simply it's all about your values, beliefs and thinking patterns and your expectations of yourself. If you value hard work and you believe that you must work hard and long hours to get an outcome and that it must be perfect, then you're probably on a path to overwork and actually lower productivity due to burnout. On the other hand, If you value tangible outcomes and efficient use of time without distraction, if you value a sense of balancing your energy on the journey to getting those outcomes and even accepting imperfect results, then I believe you're more likely set up to be productive. So there's two different ways of thinking, two different sets of belief systems there. And that gives us some clues as to how how to go about resolving overwork. Since overwork is founded in beliefs and may be driven by workplace culture and policies, then the answer to resolving it is two-pronged. 
Firstly, businesses, even solo businesses, can create policies and working frameworks that set boundaries around working hours. And it's possible to introduce initiatives to help people to better structure and plan their work. In other words, workplaces and small business owners can change their work environment to make it more conducive to breaks, to manage expectations of of themselves and their clients, and to send a message about the importance of time off to rejuvenate. So we're talking about a positive workplace culture. The other prong is that the resolution is as much in the hands of the individual as it is in the workplace. So the second prong is about supporting individuals to set boundaries around their work and personal lives, to manage their own expectations of themselves in terms of their work, to help them to challenge old thinking patterns and to better manage their urges. I'd like to use my own old workplace as an example of this, and this is from the 1990s. I managed a business where we had very clear boundaries around personal time off, and we encouraged our employees not to work on weekends. We allowed them to take some of their sick leave as well days, in inverted commas, if needed, so that they could plan to have a day off for themselves if they needed to rejuvenate themselves or after a big weekend. We were very progressive and luckily our CEO was very big on creating a supportive culture that rewarded hard work and encouraged enough time to rest and recover. We went against the grain in our industry because many other firms like ours were requiring their salaried staff to work many hours of overtime to finish work that was often over budget. We nipped that in the bud. We did things differently. Our approach was to become very good at quoting for jobs and to be very accurate with that to teach our staff how to manage tight budgets and timeframes, to teach people how to plan, and to make sure that we had the right people for the right jobs so that they could work efficiently and effectively in their zones of genius, which is much better than trying to make somebody do a job that they're not very good at. So as a workplace, we created the environment and the policies to support productivity. And we also created a culture that upheld those values. That's the bit that we as an organisation could control. When it comes to the individuals, we also encouraged employees through performance review systems to work productively rather than excessively, to fit them into the right sorts of roles for them. And we engage staff who fit this way of working. So let's wrap up today's episode. As I mentioned earlier, a simple way to sum up this discussion is that productivity is about quality, not quantity. Overwork tends to be more about quantity, not quality. You may be driven to overwork or to be productive, either way, depending on your work environment, your beliefs and your values. If you're in an organisation, policies and structures can drive either overwork or productivity. And as a solo business owner, then it's up to you to create this framework for yourself, to set boundaries around when you knock off, to set boundaries around when you do and don't speak to clients, which days you do client work, which days you have inquiries, and those sorts of things, to create that structure and plan for yourself so that you can be productive. And as an individual, your own values and beliefs may require examination to discover what drives you, and if necessary, to develop a more positive, self-sustaining perspective that promotes work-life balance. Some deep thinking there for you today. It wasn't a long episode, but I think there's some really important points for you to think on and reflect over in terms of the way you set yourself up, 
the way you want to be, the way you want to show up and the way you want to do your work. Thanks for being here today. I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.